Well, we are in week four of our Ephesians series. And uh, we uh, have been started with Ephesians chapter one. And we have just been looking at these little snapshots. You know, honestly, you could chew on Ephesians for a whole year. Okay, but we are rolling through this together. And this week, we're on week four. And therefore, we're on chapter four of Ephesians. And so as we are getting into this, we kind of have had this, this, this idea of the unveiling or the revealing of the mystery. Paul uses the word mystery way more in the book of Ephesians than he does anywhere else. It, it shows up throughout his writing simply because there was this mystery, there was this plan of God to bring humanity back to him. And people didn't, they didn't know it. There were pieces of it being played out. And from, from where we are now, we can look back and see how it all played together. And guess what? As the future continues to roll out, people will be able to look back and see how we fit. Even better than maybe we see how we fit ourselves. And here Paul is looking and revealing the mystery of God's work in our lives. And it's not a mystery we can't know. That's the whole point. Is it's a mystery revealed. We're now insiders. We're now behind the scenes and know what God is doing in humanity. And as we've been looking through Ephesians 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, I told you at the very week 1 that 1, 2, and 3 have a whole lot to do with just who God is, okay, and how we interact with God, all right? Four, five, and six have a whole lot of us taking that understanding of our who we are in Christ, what God has done for us, that this is based on that we're that we're redeemed or we are made right with God, not by ourselves. We learned that in chapter one, so we don't get to boast about it. So none of what we're about to look at in four, five, and six has anything to do with us earning our relationship with God. Okay. So we have to be careful. That's why 1, 2, and 3 is so important. Because all of a sudden we're going to get into some things where Paul's saying, okay, do this and don't do that. You're like, okay, I knew this whole Christian thing was just a bunch of do's and don'ts. I just knew that's what it all boiled down to. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. We're about to jump into this, okay? But here starting in 4, Paul starts getting in our business, all right? So everybody, let's just breathe easy, okay? All right? Because guess what? The Holy Spirit's about to get in your business, okay? So just be ready for it, okay? The Holy Spirit's just going to do it because He loves us. We're all growing. We're all moving forward. This is how it works, all right? So let's do this. As we study the letter to the Ephesians, we see God's heart towards humanity revealed. That's been our launching idea all through this series. And see, there is a new life that He has given us to live, but we must choose to live in that new life. We talk about that over and over again. That he set before us life and death. Blessing and cursing. And we have to choose to live in that new life. See Ephesians chapter 4 one says. As a prisoner for the Lord. Then I urge you to live a life. Worthy of the calling you have received. See God is giving us new life. We have a. 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 a, a building that we use that uh, is uh, used for a daycare my my wife and I and we were having to do some painting on it recently and uh, we'd go in and it's the paint job was old 
And so you, we go in and we have all the kids. My kids just, they love to paint. It's, it's awesome to have, you know, five kids. My, we have a little crew of seven come in there ready to renovate and do stuff. And um, anyways, but not everybody's come quite skilled enough to do everything they quite exactly want to do. So I get to spend extra time cleaning things up behind them. They feel like they're really accomplishing some things. And then when it's all said and done, they come back, wow, I'm, I'm good. I look, I look good. And uh, you know what? Really, in this process of us growing in Christ, there is this grace that as we jump into things, sometimes the stuff is over our head. Sometimes the issues are bigger than us. But as we just embrace that God, that we're part of God's team, that He wants to work through us, you know what? We may not do everything right, but there is something beautiful about the grace of God. And grace is all infused throughout Ephesians that God can come in behind and we look at the moment and go, wow, what a, what a mess. I'm just trying. I'm in over my head. And then we step back and look at the final picture and go, woo, this is working. This is okay. Well, I'm telling you what, Carson and Lyndon, they're convinced they're some good painters, man. Uh, don't ever let them paint your house because uh, you'll have to come back behind them. But they're convinced, man, it is looking good. But in Christ, as God is bringing us in this new life, we have to participate with what he is doing, okay? He didn't say, just sit back and I'm going to do all of this for you, okay? He didn't have, we can't just go, God, my life is a shambles. Here you go, and us keep doing the same dumb things over and over again and go, God, I prayed. You know, my, my life is still a shambles. What's the deal here? I asked you to fix it. And yeah, we just keep doing the same destructive things over and over again, hoping that somehow our prayer is going to be taken care of, that it's all taken care of. No, there are these things that we have this thing of choosing life and death, and we're about to get into this. Ephesians 4 is just full of separating what brings life and what brings death. Now, I want us to notice here in, in verse 1, and I want to read it one more time. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Um, here in, my, in our household, when my children don't act According to what I know their potential is, they get in trouble. They, they do something less than brilliant. And instead of saying, you were a bad kid, we don't ever say that to our children. Why'd you, why were you a bad boy today? No, no, no. I was like, look, you're an awesome kid. Why would you act unaccording with what you are? You're a wonderful child. Why would you make a decision they're going to act like that? That's just living a lie. That is not who you are. And they're like, you're right. You're right, that's not who I am. I don't know why I am doing that. And see, and that's what it is. It's us doing this isn't we're trying to attain some being, all of a sudden being a godly, a godly person. We are, we are made godly in Christ. Now we are supposed to live like that is. We'll live worthy of the calling we've already received. We're not in this process of earning it. See, notice that this is a calling we've already received. Already. Paul tells us the following truths so that we can live in it, not so we can earn it. Okay? I know this seems like I'm kind of hitting this over and over again. Okay? But we, Christianity is not a list of do's and don'ts. It is a relationship. 
And here we have God, the Father, speaking to us, his children, through the Apostle Paul and helping to coach us in the life that we are called to live, to live worthy of the gift that he has given us instead of living beneath it like we don't have this gift in our life. Here, these are the things that are going to help you live the gift you already have. Okay, That's what we're looking at today. So, So to live this new life, we must embrace that God has graced us to be life givers through him. See, God is a life giver. He is a life giver and he has graced us to be life givers as well where we can go around acting like God. See, in Ephesians chapter 4, let's go ahead and jump into verse 7. It says, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended, that Christ had first come to the earth in earthly regions, And he who descended is the very one who ascended. He went up back into heaven after he fulfilled his assignment on the earth. Higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. If you were here last week, you remember that we talked about having to understand who we are in our generation. And then you need to understand your individual assignment that God has given you. And then understand that God has responsibilities he himself alone carries. Okay, That we understand the unique time in which we live, that we have an assignment to fulfill in that time, and there are responsibilities that God alone fills. Okay, We do our part. We trust him to do his part. And the plan of God gets worked out in our lives. Now, some of these roles, and guess what? A lot of people will tell you that only like people in full-time ministry kind of do these things but i don't think that's the case i think you and i will operate in these different things from time to time and we will have these things where we are operating on more than others but here's the the first one it said apostles and we're just going to do a little crash course in this pastor john who was here um a little over a month ago taught me this This is how you can remember um the the fivefold mission these apostles and what they do okay all right, the apostle, he referred to as the thumb, okay? That your thumb, you have to have the apostle, okay? Because they are a foundation builder, okay? They help establish. They have a gifting to help set things in order so that things can be built correctly and to thrive, okay? It's like if you don't have your thumb, it's hard to really get a good grip on things, okay? So you have the apostle, okay? Then you have the prophet, okay? And that's the one that's, you know, bringing the word of the Lord, okay? You have the... Your, that your forefinger then you have the uh uh <clears throat> the apostle the prophet the evangelist okay he talked about he's the one that sticks out in a crowd or he's the one that draws a crowd these are the folks that just are people people and they just share with share christ with people whether they're the ones that are out there preaching the preaching the good news or they're the ones that just share it as they go through life and just are constantly connecting people to christ then there is the pastor gift. And this is the one with the wedding ring on it. They're the ones that are long-term committed to care and love a local group of people. Okay, That is part of my role 
as a pastor. I, he referred to as being married to the local church. I have a long-term commitment to be in your life and to love you and to care for you and to see you participate in the growth curve God has in your life as this thing is growing. And then we have the teacher, okay? And he simply referred to as the teacher is the one that fits in your ear. <laughs> and so the teacher is the one who helps us understand these scriptures. They have a gift on them to help break it down in an easy way so it actually gets in us. Okay? So apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's a little free thing. But we all have these assignments and each one of them have a different gifting. And notice in verse 12 why this is happening. Because all of us are life givers here in verse 12. It says to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's why I love being hooked up with y'all. Now, October was, was Pastor Appreciation Month, and it's, it kind of got amped up a little bit this month, but y'all are awesome about it all the time. But I tell you what, y'all are so good to me and Cutie, and just to, on Facebook, send us notes, and to, to write us notes, and just shake our hand and encourage us, and build us up. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all are being life givers to us and life givers to one another. That's why I love watching the teamwork here because y'all encourage each other so much. You're building one another up for the good works that God has called you to do. Everyone, these guys are up here playing their instruments. They're building you up, helping you enter into worship as, as they're taking care of the children over there so that you feel good that your babies are over there in the nursery. It allows you to relax and receive the gifting. They're building you up. As they're pre- presenting you with, with coffee and a smile and helping check your kids in, they're building you up. The people who are helping pray for these prayer requests are building you up. It's life givers. That's what God has called us to do. And it's to prepare us for the works of service until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, that's our level of maturity. We're growing up into who Christ is. And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and the deceitful scheming. Then we see in Ephesians 4.16, it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As you do your work, you build me up. As I do my work, I build you up. That's the way this thing comes together. So see, if we miss what the Spirit of God is trying to teach us, then we will just see this chapter of Ephesians as a list of do's and don'ts, and it's actually like a little mini life manual for living above the mess from which we were already rescued. Since this new life we have, we are... Let me say that again. Since in this new life, we are to be life givers like God is a life giver, then we can... break things down into two groups. And that's what we're basically just going to look at as we finish up this morning. Is that there are actions that produce life and there are actions that destroy life. Any of you who are in a relationship, any any of us, whether we're growing up in a family, whether you're still a kid at home, you know that there are actions that you can do that can benefit your family. There are things that can, can do, whether it's your attitude, 
whether it's how you, how you help around the house, how you do these different things, or there are things that can just totally drive a wedge in and destroy things and undermine things. Okay? Our life gets broken down into things that produce life and things that destroy life. We pray to be a life-giving church. We pray that when you leave here on Sunday mornings or any kind of connection, whether it's in one of the small groups or in anything, that life got infused into you. That's what we pray to be here, is to be a life-giving church. Now, in your notes, you'll notice it's a little more colorful than normal. Okay? I played and played and played with this. I tried to take each and make a list of life-giving scriptures and a list of, list of destroying scriptures. I, and finally, it was just all intertwined. We were going to be rereading things too many times, so we just kind of left it in order and I highlighted it for you. Okay? The green is the stuff. It's kind of a, kind of a little sickly green color, you know? And so it's this life destroying, okay? And then we have the golden highlight, and that's the life building, okay? So when we see something that's a, a green, that's a kind of a life destroying issue, and the other is a life building issue. So let's jump into Ephesians chapter 4. This is where things can kind of start getting on our, on our toes, all right? So just uh, we got to pony up here and, and be ready. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace see patience is one of our core principles here at celebration church why because without us being patient with one another in love we don't give each other the room to grow up i will lop you off early if I get impatient with, with you as you're on your growth curve, if I predetermine that you need to grow this fast in Christ and you're not doing it, then I'll, my impatience, I'll come in and I'll just undercut what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your life. So patience is a core virtue. We have to patiently love one another, okay? There's also things where we have to speak the truth in love that we're going to get to. So to kinda, if you kind of stall out, kind of get you going again. So we have to make every effort to keep the unity in the Spirit through the bond of peace. Man, I wish unity was one of those things that it just kind of was there. I love it in the, for, in the times when things are just easy. They just click. And they're just like, oh, this is wonderful. Everything's at peace in the home. Everything's at peace in these other things. But there's other times where, you know, at, at our house, we almost have to have a little powwow. And we have to have a little meeting. To create unity. And we begin to do it on purpose. Okay, you're going to kind of chill out over here. And you're going to chill out over here. And we're all going to love each other a lot. And we're going to create some peace in this home. You have Sometimes you have to put a little bit of effort into it to, to live in it. Because see, there's one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope. When you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and through all and in all. Then we see Ephesians 4.15. It says, instead, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ. Okay? Now most of us fall into one or two camps on this issue. Okay? There are those who love to just bring the truth. I mean, we're just, we see a problem and we're just, whoop, head on. We're just going to deal with it. 
Okay? We're the, those, those groups of people need to remember that it's got to be done in love. Okay? Those groups of people need to remember, okay, there needs to be, okay, you, it's not just because that irritates you. It's because it's destructive for that person and I love that person and we're going to bring this. Okay? Then there's others of us who we don't like confrontation and we don't like to deal with that and we just want to love, love. Let's just, let's just all be happy. Come on, let's just all sing. Let's just all wave together. Let's all smile and be happy. And we avoid the speaking in truth part. Well, guess what? If we all ignore everything, we're not going to get anywhere. If we deal with it head on, but we tick the person off, we're not going to get anywhere. We have to pull this together and speak the truth in love. When that happens, we grow up into all things. We grow up into Christ. Then we roll into Ephesians 4, 17 through 21. And here we get a big bunch of green over here. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live like the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. You're like, I don't even know what a Gentile is. How can I live like one of those? Okay, that's just somebody who's outside of Christ. That's all it is. Somebody who hasn't been born again. That's all it is. People who are outside of Christ. In this setting, that's all that is. What it really is is a non-Jew. When you look at it in this thing. But what he's talking about is just people who are outside of Christ. Okay, Don't live like that anymore. See, when we have received this calling that we're worthy of, then there's this thing that ought to happen. Our lives ought to look a little bit different. And the difference is, is their thinking is futile. It gets them nowhere. Let's not do the stuff that gets us nowhere. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance. You see again why our mission is for people to know God better and to trust Him more. They're separated from God because they're, they're, they're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance. Now we could say, oh, poor them. That's, they're ignorant. Okay, now here, here's an issue, okay? There's an issue here of why they're staying in ignorance, okay? It's due to their hardening of their hearts. We need to make sure that we keep our hearts soft before God. Because you and I, those who've been walking with God for a long time, we can kind of let our hearts get hard and we can kind of quit our growth curve and we can stall out in a hurry, They've lost all sensitivity and they've given themselves over to sensuality and to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Let's avoid that mess. Let's avoid impurity and and sensuality in an unhealthy way. Guess what? God created us as sensual people, but it's not supposed to lead our lives. God created healthy boundaries for that. and We have to live inside that. And that's when we really experience the life of God in that area. It says, however, you did not come to know Christ in this way. Surely you've heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. We have to make sure we stay hooked up with good, life-giving teaching, with the truth that is in Christ. Then we roll on to the next verse. It says, you were taught in regard to your former way to put off your old self, which it is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That's one of the things, as soon as you understand that that little desire that comes in and wants to drag you away, when you understand that it is deceitful, 
that little thing that just, woohoo, I'm going to go with that. I know I shouldn't. It's lying. It's totally lying to you. It never gives you what it promised. Why do you keep following it? It's not the truth. It is not the truth. And it's to, we are to be made new, new in our attitude of your minds. I said new. What are y'all thinking? I said new. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Okay, Lying doesn't become a believer. It just doesn't. Let's just quit it. Just speak the truth in love. Put off the falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we're all members of one body. In our anger, don't sin. So many, so many people are just afraid of anger. But you know what? God gets angry. Angry is not bad. It's what you do out of it. Okay? We don't have to, to let our anger rule our lives and carry us in an unproductive way. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. I tell you what, in our household, I'm, I'm one I like to deal with it in a hurry. My wife doesn't trust herself to deal with me when she's angry. She doesn't want to hurt me more. She doesn't want to say something she'll regret. And so I was one that I was like, okay, we're not, we're not going to bed. We're just going to stay out, just get the boxing gloves, and we're going to get through this, and none of us is going to sleep till this is dealt with. And then we're sitting here, and she's like, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready. Okay? I took this scripture super, super literally. Don't let the sun go down. Ah, the sun's going down. Please forgive do something. The thing is, is don't let, don't let this... Don't let this thing sit. Don't let it get settled and you just ends up, you're just angry. Don't let it be resolved and the end is you're just angry. I'm just, I'm just going to be, this is gonna, I'm going to be mad at this the rest of my life. I'm just done. I'm just mad. I'm just done. Look, deal with it in a quick way. But I had to learn that I need to give my wife a little bit of time. Okay? I need to let her sleep, let her calm down. We come back and we deal with it. But we don't sweep it under the rug. We don't just, okay, I'm just going to be mad about this, okay? We need to make sure we get these things dealt with or else we will give the devil a foothold. And you who have been stealing must not steal any longer. Don't steal. Say, well, I don't steal, okay? Well, are, you, are you honest on your timesheet, you know? Are you honest on your taxes? Are you honest on these other things? Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in a life where you make sure the right things end up in the right hands. Because otherwise we're stealing. Okay? Allow the Holy Spirit to do that. And there may be something you didn't think two winks about two years ago. But now the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, you know, you probably ought to quit that. You know what? You're right. And we can grow in this life of that. Okay? Don't steal. Don't let any, uh, where are we now? All right. We're winding up. But we must work doing something useful with our own hands, that he may have something to share with those who are in need. Okay? The doing something with our own hands isn't just about meeting our own needs. It's about meeting others' needs as well. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others. Remember, we're life givers according to their needs as it may benefit those who listen. And look, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? When we talked about this in the Holy Spirit series. Look, the Holy Spirit begins to say, you know what, you need to deal with this. And you go, boop. Mm -mm. 
Not happening. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Keep the lines of communication open with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit starts talking to you about something. Go with Him. It's for our good. With whom you were sealed for by the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I love the way we can just kind of open up here and close here when we look at the opening and last verses. We focus on these and the rest of this stuff gets dealt with. We look at verse 1, 2, and 32. It says, And as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Where are my notes? Ah, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Make every effort to live in the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. See, God has brought us life, and we need to do what we can to make sure we are life givers as well. We need to make sure we're not destroying life in somebody else or destroying life within ourselves. That we are flowing with God to be the life givers that he has called us to be. Now this morning I'd appreciate if everybody would bow your heads and close your eyes. Because see we close there with verse 32. And it says forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And if you're here this morning and you need to embrace that forgiveness.